All right, what were you going to say about Steph? So with Steph, I mean, we're calling it a slump, for lack of a better term, but it's half of the season at this point. It's like the past 20 games, basically. That he's shooting like under 37% from the field, under 33% from three, below league average true shooting. And, you know, I, I wonder what the statistical likelihood, have you ever taken a stats class? Like, what is the likelihood of this event taking place? Like him having a 20 game stretch, a 20 game sample where he had, I don't think he's shot over 50% from the field a single time since he broke the three point record. It's so weird. I watched the film to see what the problem might be. And the first thing I was watching the Dallas Mavericks game, I was really dissecting that game. And I believe he had 14 points shot five for 24 from the field one for nine from three. And one thing that I noticed was that on a lot of his three-point attempts, it seemed like he was hesitating to just put them up more than he normally does. But that could just be like situational. And like, he's the most adaptable shooter of all time, especially from three. Well, wait, 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 wait. wait. I think he's the best shooter of all time like when you aggregate everything to, so first of all, from like a standstill, right? Do you think there's anyone better than him? Just shoot like a standstill, like, no. I, I mean, wh- whether it's a pull up or, or off the catch, it, if he gets his feet set and he has time to get on balance, he's the best shooter ever. Yeah, there's no right? one better. And the only reason we don't see him shooting in a standstill is because defenses are giving him that much attention that the best solution for him is to move and move and move. But, but when I think about adaptability, the guys that come to mind are like MJ, Kobe, KD, Kyrie, guys that can just get their shot off from anywhere on the court. They can alter their release point. They can alter, you know, they can hang in the air. That's not really something you see as much with Steph. It's more like he, like he needs to get a certain amount of space in order to get a comfortable look. He can't just like just pull up in your face, regardless of 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 how close the defender is. I mean, like you can bother him by True. preventing him from from getting to his spots by trapping him. Um, you can force him to put the ball on the deck and obviously drive to the basket where you know his his effective field goal percentage isn't isn't going to be as high if you force him into a floater or a mid range attempt. So like there are ways that you can. I think you know Steph is probably the hardest player ever to, to game plan for like because he requires so much defensive attention and there you know you have to be just on your toes at all times when you're defending him as a unit but there are ways to affect his efficiency Steph's scoring is as efficient as pretty much anyone ever right but it's not as inevitable it's not as unstoppable as you know someone like you know, I mean like right now like Joel Embiid or Kevin Durant. Now, that's why the Golden State Warrior, you know, that's why the Warriors needed a guy that could actually create his own shot at will. That's why they needed to go out and get a guy like KD. That's what put them over the top to where, you know, they have so much movement. They, have, they can just play in so many different ways in transition, screening actions, you know, ball movement, Spurs style, beautiful game. But then they can also just devolve into, into isolations if the need arises. Like they don't really have that anymore. And so it all boils down to having to, you know, 
force these actions to get Steph a look, you know, that maybe in, in, in 2018 or 2019, you'd have a guy like KD to bail you out or even Clay. And Clay obviously hasn't been himself up to this point. So I think that's, you know, that's, that's part of why he struggled. I mean, the, the, the degree of difficulty on some of the shots he's taking is just unreal. I mean, he's at 13 and a half attempts from three a game, I think, this year, which is a career high. Yeah, I mean, I do want to continue to talk about the shooting adaptability. I think it is a valid point. You know, we don't see him altering his lift point in the way that some of these elite mid-range shooters do, like Kyrie, KD, and some of the other guys you mentioned. But we are talking about three-point shooting and not mid-range shooting. It's a little bit harder, naturally, when you're shooting from three to shoot with a relatively higher lift point than normal conditions. What I'm talking about is his ability to move in an unthinkable amount of ways leading up to his shot attempts and and orienting his body and his feet in an unthinkable amount of ways before he rises up into his shot. That's the kind of adaptability I'm talking about. Yeah. Those are more, I feel like those are more relevant. It's the footwork patterns. Qualities, right. I feel like those are more relevant qualities when we're talking about three-point shooting because naturally the bandwidth of lift points that can be accessed from that range is smaller than, than it is in the mid-range. What's so fascinating about Steph's mid-range game, although he doesn't take that many of them, um, he does take some, but and I don't know how many he's shooting this year, but definitely doesn't take as many as Kyrie, definitely not as many as Chris Paul. He doesn't really adjust his lift point at all. He kind of just shoots with less force to solve the problem, whereas these other guys are elevating really high and shooting with a higher lift point, much higher than their normal. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a valid point about his, about his lift point, but I just wanted to add those things about, yeah, yeah. about his adaptability. It's different kinds of adaptability. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in terms of getting into three point shots, the variety of different ways that he can, you know, get a comfortable look from three is definitely unique. It's one of a kind, but in terms of just being able to isolate and just go get a bucket, he, I think the, the lack of kind of like shiftiness in the mid range that's like, if there's one weakness that he has, it's that. And that is what, to me, that is what makes these, the, you know, these cold stretches for him just so much more painful because he can't kind of just will his way out of it by going out and like creating in the way that a Kyrie Irving can, you know, and obviously there's Kyrie Irving is one of a kind too in his, in his own way. So it's an unfair comparison to make, but that's why... Like, you don't see guys like Kevin Durant having shooting slumps that last for, I mean, like, I, I think the, the worst shooting slump KD ever had was, like, in 2017. He had, like, a 12-game stretch where he mm-hmm. averaged, like, 24 point, 23, 24 points per game. Um, and that was arguably the best year of his career. That was the best postseason of his career. But even then, he was shooting, like, 45% from the field. Like, he was above average true shooting. He was still a couple points above average true shooting. That's the worst stretch of his career. You'll never see a guy who has that level of individual shot creation slump for this long. I have a theory, though, as to why he's slumping. If you look at the Warriors' pace 
this year compared to previous seasons, you know, compared to last year, compared to, you know, the initial like dynasty years, 2015, 16, I'm um, in the years with, with Durant are a little different, but they always played super fast. They would get out in transition. And I think Curry really benefits from the chaos of when the defense is in, is in flux or it's, you know, they're forcing rotations with all the off ball player movement um, Clay running around screens, everyone backdoor cutting, Draymond kind of quarterbacking the offense. Like that is when Steph is at his best, when the defense is in flux. And they haven't been able to play with that sort of pace this season. They're 12th in pace this year compared to, to third last season. And if you think back to the days when Curry was at his absolute apex, 2016 to like, 19 right the times when he would he would really kill you especially in the postseason is when you you know you'd get a switch he'd get a switch onto a big off of like you know usually an off ball action sometimes off of a pick and roll obviously just hunting mismatches but if he gets one-on-one with a big in those situations he he can just cook them teams aren't letting him get those one-on-one chances anymore you know, they'll, they'll, they'll trap him. They'll double him in those situations. They'll do anything to get the ball out of his hands or to force him to, you know, they, they, they'd actually rather him penetrate than be able to take a guy, you know, a seven footer off the dribble and just hit a step back three. They're not going to give him that. So defenses have adjusted and they don't have to pay as much of a price on loading up on him because of the fact that play is not 100%. They don't have a high-end shot creator like KD. They have a lot of good guys that can contribute on both ends. And obviously their defense has been spectacular this this year. And that's where they kind of hang their hat. But they don't have super high-end spacing. You know, they have a couple guys that are shooting well from three, right? They have Wiggins and Otto Porter. Poole's been like, I mean, he, he shoots them. Pretty he's high volume, efficient. but he's not, he, yeah, he's not super accurate. Clay's been shooting 30% from three. Damian Lee, he's played 36 games. He's been out for a bit. He doesn't shoot a ton of them. Outside of that, you just don't have a lot of guys that are, that are, gonna, that are getting up shots. So the spacing is a little bit more compressed, and they kind of make up for that with the player movement. But that also speaks to the fact that Curry doesn't have as much space to operate as he did in years past. I also think... I mean, Wiggins is having a really good year. Otto Porter is putting together a nice year. Do you think that maybe, you know, their, their individual scoring has been, has been really good, but maybe, maybe the team that the Warriors have now, do they not move as much off the ball to, you know, kind of alleviate some pressure off of Steph? Because if the offense is more stagnant, like you either explicitly said or, or implied, defenses can focus more on Steph, especially in, in, you know, in pick and roll situations. Defenses have been hard hedging him now, and they did last year too. This might be like a bold take, but maybe Wiggins and, and Otto, because they don't, they're not really off the ball movers. They more right. just create shots for themselves. That's something I've noticed. Uh, Jordan Poole, is is pretty good at moving off the ball actually i've noticed um draymond is always going to be a reliable option you know if we're talking about pick and rolls especially in, in those short rolls 
only hard hedge. And I do want, you know, I want to give it more time with Clay coming back. When did he come back? Like two weeks ago. So Steph can start to turn this around, but it's, it's just, it's really weird. Um, from watching the film, it's, it's, you'd have to look very, very clearly. You know, I, I don't even know if there's, if, if there's a clear issue or, or a change that has transpired since the beginning of his slump compared to the first half of the season or last year. I really, I can't pinpoint one particular issue, but another thing I wanted to touch on was, yeah, shiftiness is, is kind of the right word in the, in the mid range. I think because he gets pressured on the ball so closely, he kind of either has to force up a three, you know, when we're talking about him creating by himself or blow by his defender. And yeah. usually the defenders that are guarding him are, are, pretty adept at being able to, you know, turn their hips and recover. And the mid range has just not been as viable of an option, not nearly as viable of an option as it is for somebody like Kyrie or Chris Paul, and they don't get pressured out on the three point line like he does. So the the on ball defender knows this and is just trying to meet, meet him at the rim and make, and make his shots at the rim more difficult, which I think, you know, it, it's a legitimate point about his mid-range scoring. I don't know if that made a lot of sense, but... No, I, I think it does make sense. It's a resiliency thing. You know, I've been thinking a lot about what makes Chris Paul so consistently impactful towards winning and, you know, why he's able to be, to be so effective, even though, like, his stats this year don't, like, jump off the page. He's at, like, 14 and a half and, like, you know... 10 assists per game and his his shooting from three is a little bit down but when he wants to turn it on it's like flipping a switch like he is able to get to his mid-range like literally whenever he wants and it's because of the like it there's just a way that he finds his way into open space out of snaking pick and rolls usually that Steph has just never really had in his bag and I don't know like whether he can really develop it because it, it requires his jump shot to do something that it doesn't, he doesn't really do that thing where he like, you know, he stops and starts kind of like weaves his way around a couple of screens in the mid range and then like hang dribble fade away. Like you just don't see that from Steph. It's not a realistic expectation yeah. that, that he's going to develop it. It's no, it's not. And so, you know, he has to play within, within the, the confines of, of who he is as a player and play to his strengths. And I, but I, I I do think that it's a legitimate, like it's a thing that it's a little bit easier for defenses to read and react when they know that you're not going to go to that option in the mid range. Right. Because they can kind of like in that in between area, they're just not as worried about him pulling up. And they'll live with him, you know, trying to draw some cheap foul, kind of stopping in the mid-range really quickly while the defender is on his hip. Yeah. They'll live with him trying that. And we know the NBA has, you know, called that less this year. Yeah. Um, to, to sort of address the issues from years prior um, about drawing fouls that are not normal, quote unquote, or not basketball plays. You know what's interesting about Steph's shooting? This just occurred to me. Like when he comes off a screen, right? Like sometimes you'll see them run him 
like across the top of the key, it'll be like flowing towards the right break, like towards the right corner or, you know, the important thing is that he's moving to his right perpendicular to the basket and he can pull up out of that and he, he will fade to his right from behind the three-point line. But he doesn't do that from mid-range. Like he, he, he can do it from 30. <laughs> like he can do it from like, you know, 25, 26 feet out, but he can't do it from 15. That's interesting. Yeah, I think, you, it's a, would... I think it's about the power calibration. It, it must be because it's a, it's, theoretically, it's an easier shot the closer you get, right? I mean, it's definitely an easier shot for me. But, you know, he, yeah. he, can, he can hit that shot. Like, I've seen him hit that shot so many times where, you know, you, you get, like, a staggered screen set for him. Draymond is in the corner or something, and he hits him blowing across the right wing, and he pulls up and, you know, fades, like, into the, into the baseline. And that shot just, like, he, he, he doesn't hit that shot from anywhere else in the court. Yeah, it's, it's kind of backwards, right? Like, the thing you pointed out about him fading away, you know, tending to do that, when he's on the move, especially going lateral, you know, sort of perpendicular to the basket, like you mentioned, and how he, you know, he doesn't have the same kind of adaptability in the mid range. We keep coming back to this mid range thing, but it really is important to, to look at when we're talking about like slumps like these and resilience to how the defense wants to play him. But on the other hand, we, we have to take into account he's what 33 years old. He has a set of individual constraints that are, that are guiding the solutions that he chooses to use, both from three-point range and in the mid-range, which is why his individual constraints, you know, his lack of verticality and leaping ability in, in the mid-range yeah. that Kyrie is such an expert at, or even Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul, considering his height, he does get up and release pretty much right at the peak. I mean, cr prime Chris Paul was extremely athletic. And even now he's, he's still able to elevate in the mid range. They're taking advantage of their athletic abilities, but Steph does not have the same vertical leaping ability. Like we mentioned about his immediate defender being able to predict that he's going to try and go all the way to the rim and then living with him stopping suddenly and trying to draw a cheap foul in the mid-range. He doesn't have great linear speed. He does have really good stopping and starting, but he, he doesn't have amazing linear speed. And that is important and relevant here because teams are usually putting athletic guys on him that are able to turn their hips and recover and just meet him at the rim, knowing there's a great likelihood he's just going to resort to doing that. I actually kind of feel like his, his linear speed is a little bit further along on the curve than his stopping. Like, because the stopping and starting I associate with, like, guys who can really get into their bag, like street ball bucket getters. You know, like the Kyrie Irvings, the, you know, the, the Chris Pauls, Jamal Crawfords, like guys that are just going to, like, juke you out with a bunch of size-up moves hang dribble, crossover, spin move, and then, you know, get into a fadeaway, a floater, um, or get downhill. Like, I feel like Steph, if he doesn't, like, Steph gets downhill off of mostly straight line drives. And it's like he has a screen set for him. So he had, you know, he has a lane. He gets someone with an up fake 
and he attacks the closeout. Those are the situations where Steph gets all the way to the rim. And, you know, albeit he's, he's effective when he, gets, when he gets to the rim at, at finishing, or he has been historically. Um, but in terms of manufacturing that in a one-on-one, that's where, like, he struggles. All right, let's, let's get into the meat of what we came here to talk about today. <laughs> <laughs> we just went into, like, a 30-minute rabbit hole about Steph Curry's offensive struggles this season. I think it was a good one. Chain but, um, Reactions podcast, everybody. 